This podcast deals with issues about LGBT families and trans-specific topics. We would love to hear from you and welcome your questions and comments. However, we will not tolerate any discriminatory language or hate speech. So please, just don't do it. Enjoy the show. To be honest, that's where a lot of things fall apart. Get rocky. Yeah. You know, because you assume that you know everything that's happening with somebody. That happens with a lot of marriages where people just right. get silent and And it's I think it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's normal to fall into that kind of complacency. Like I know this person, I know you know, everything in our life is ordered and we know what is is what so we don't have to have a conversation every day about every you know like that's just what happens right when we were kids we met at camp after college we got married 10 years later we finally had a baby that same year i came out as trans this is the story of our journey through marriage, parenting, gender, and all the changes that life brings. This is Our, our life, life in, in Transition. Testing, testing, testing. Are you testing me? Am I testing you? Who's being tested? You're always testing me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. I'm Shannon. And I am Rachel. And you are listening to another delightful episode of Our Life in Transition. This is true. It's going to be delightful. I, I think this one is going to be a little less um, intense than last week, I think. Maybe, but there might be more fighting. I, I, I hope not. I don't want to fight. <laughs> Well, because today we're talking about communication. And this is, let me just put a disclaimer out there right away. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, like, okay. It's kind of a, a uh, we are not experts. We're just talking from a perspective of a couple who hasn't killed each other in 18 years. years. 20 years. 20 years. Okay. See, I don't even know. Um, but we haven't killed each other yet, so maybe we know a little bit about this. We're, so we're, we're going to share what we know yeah, exactly. with you and what we think about communication with you. Yeah, which we don't always communicate well, um, but those who can't do teach. So <laughs> we're going to tell you what you need to do. It's a horrible thing to say, by the way. That's really hurtful to teachers. Because teachers <laughs> can do. <laughs> I'm sorry, teachers. She knows not what she says. So why why should we talk about communication? I mean, it kind of seems self-explanatory. It kind of, like, everybody does it. Yeah. I mean, um, if you can't communicate with other people and speak your mind, and um, you're not going to get very far in any kind of relationship, personal or otherwise. But communication is not just speaking your mind. You know, there's a lot of nonverbal things that go into communication, too. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. You know, but the reason we're talking about it is because it's literally the basis of every relationship ever. Whether it's nonverbal or very clearly verbal, 
every relationship, even your relationship with yourself, is based on communication. Because all those little things that you say in your head to yourself is communication. And and as a trans person, I can tell you, it, it's <laughs> sometimes um, you communicate to yourself um, in ways that are not healthy. And sometimes it's abuse. Yeah, sometimes but it's But it's abuse. still communication. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think I'm getting better at communicating. Um, I'm one of those people that, um, especially verbal communication, I'm not the best at because I'm generally a shy person. I'm much more talkative and much more lively um, when there's a microphone in front of my face instead of an actual person. Um, but uh, Are you saying I'm not an actual person? Would you like to rephrase? I was not communicating that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like you were. Uh, words fail me. <laughs> um, no. Always. Yeah, no. Uh, you, you are a person, um, but we've been together for 20 years, so we're like, you just assume we are one. We are one. Yeah, we're one person. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, I, I, and I bring, I, I, this comes to mind because, of, you know, you, you actually went, uh, you talked to one of my coworkers recently, and she was all excited because she got me talking. And I am not a naturally talkative person. I'm very shy. and um, Except at home where she won't shut up. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm shy and I'm, I'm self-spoken and I'm quiet. Until you get me going, once I'm comfortable with you, you can't get me to shut the fuck up, so... Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> so everybody goes through life with all these different relationships and, you know, you communicate differently depending on where you are and and who you're communicating with and stuff like that. But this podcast is not focused on everything. We're focused on family and marriage and relationships in that respect and parenting and things like that so the importance of communication in these areas is where we're going to focus um and family let we could talk about family but family is tricky yeah um because family communication is a inherited thing yes i mean so over generations like how different families communicate um, kind of, you know, evolves and, and so how you learn to communicate first is based on what you see around you growing up in your specific family setting. Uh, example of this, I think it's fair to say, you know, without really, you know, calling out my family or anything like that. Honestly, my family doesn't talk about things. Um, we're kind of the, you know... Stoic. Um, no, no, because stoic is different. We're kind of, let's stick our head in the sand and pretend like things aren't happening type of people. And if we have hurt feelings or if we have a problem with somebody, we just, you know, we we just don't talk about it. We, we don't deal with it. You know, we're not the frank, open, you know, boisterous kind of family i mean except when there's alcohol involved but we don't need to talk about <laughs> that um so we're not i was raised in a very um let's avoid talking about anything unpleasant kind of situation and if it does come up it's kind of passive passive aggressive yeah um or conversely i'm you know with with some exceptions in in my family and my mom kind of led the charge on, the, on this we talk about everything 
everything. We're up in your face. We're up in your business. Um, everything all <laughs> the time. And um, which is very jarring when you come from my background into <laughs> um, that kind of a family situation. Jarring, I think, is about the nicest thing I can say. Jarring, <laughs> alarming, terrifying, unsettling, un- unsettling, um, uncomfortable. What the hell is going on here? That would be my impression of. You know, when I actually started being around Shannon's family, uh, it's, and for somebody who is anxiety ridden, introverted, um, used to not talking a lot in family situations, um, it was an entirely different universe. And conversely, because I was like that, everybody in your family thought I was an alien. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, people, the one big thing that we have, especially um, in my parents' uh, house, was, like, everybody would go and stand in the kitchen and chat and, like, snack on things and just be in there. And you're like, what the fuck is everybody doing? I'm just going to sit here on the sofa and be quiet, and I don't understand what's going on. And then, and then you're like, why is, why is nobody coming out here and sitting with me? And everybody's going, why is she not coming in here and talking with us? Because... Um, <laughs> You just didn't under understand the dynamic, and it took a long time um, for us to kind of get past that, and us to communicate what was going on, and me to explain to you how they worked, and you to try to get us to understand how you worked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. Um, it was definitely a learning curve. But so. Um, so your first introduction to communication <laughs> is always your family. Absolutely. And that kind of shapes your personality and your, um, how you learn to communicate and, and how you set boundaries and, and, and things like that. Communication in your family basically shapes everything. I've learned this through therapy. (laughs) Don't laugh. So have you. Yeah, I know. It's just the way you said it. And it can be really hard, especially with family to kind of um, set boundaries or open up boundaries and kind of set expectations. And here's the dog again trying to communicate to us that she needs to be part of the podcast. Seriously. Okay, speaking of boundaries. None. Go. Scram. We, we love you. You're cute. You're annoying. Anyway. Anyway. She's going to be okay if we just keep a hand here. <laughs> but um, it, it can be very difficult sometimes um, in when you're trying to change an established dynamic. Right. And like changing an established dynamic, like having a, you know, like blending a family. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, you coming into my family. Right. Me interacting with your family. Um, is an upheaval. Yeah. Especially because we come from such opposite backgrounds. Yeah, I mean, for example, like, you know, as you were saying how, you know, your family is kind of doesn't um, necessarily talk as openly about feelings and things like that. And I, Anything. And I'm very uh, just blunt, and if you piss me off, I'm going to let you know. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, which is... 
Maybe. I'm just being honest. I'm just I'm just talking and 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 like what I understand. I'm explaining right, how I feel. Right, but to me or to to my family, that comes off as you being a monster. Yeah. Because well. only a monster would actually openly speak. Um. About things like that, and at the same time, me going into your family, mm-hmm. um, everybody thinks that I'm antisocial, <laughs> and don't. That I don't want to interact with anybody. Right. And I'm just, like, a miserable, like, lump because, (laughs) (laughs) because, like, that's not how your family interacts. Um, So trying to break down that kind of uh, way of being is not always easy. It's not easy for me to put up boundaries with your family. Right. Without being, without seeming like a jerk. And it's and it's more um, off-putting when I put up boundaries with my family um, because they're like, "Well, what are you doing? You don't. This isn't how you, you interact with us." Um, I mean, it's a little. It's one thing when you do it because then you you're you're the antisocial alien. Um, where when I do it, it's like, "Well, what? Why are why are you being like this now?" I'm like, "Well, no, because you're you're overstepping." Um, and at the same time, you know, with your family, like I'm. When you try to be more honest, they're like, "What the." hell are you doing why how dare you talk to us this way right right so okay so you have family dynamics and family dynamics are not easy to change Mm -hmm. and family dynamics to an extent in order to change them you have to work within the family and it's a very gradual thing and in some cases like it's just not gonna change and you have to kind of you gotta find middle ground play by their rules ish in order to you know you have to subvert from the inside it's almost like code switching like where in one situation you kind of you know talk it's and exactly a, and, code and, yeah switching. it is um and you talk and you act one way in one certain in one situation and then another you completely flip things around and act and talk in a completely different way um yeah and it's it's exactly like that and you know the best thing I can say about that is your family is your family, and they're going to be that way. But you, when you have your own family, get to establish a different mode of being. So, there's hope. Anyway. <laughs> you know, it's... I've had some people comment, um, some of our friends comment after they've listened to, to some of the episodes of the podcast. Um, because being that we come from such different family dynamics and communication styles and even individually we have different communication styles um sometimes like how we interact is a mystery to people um and and i think that it's a mystery to us sometimes (laughs) too um and, and i think that us doing this podcast has actually kind of um illustrated that a little bit where it's a window into our private lives I think that sounded much creepier than you were intending. That was no, no, it's meant to be creepy. Like the creepers are like in our lives now. All right. <laughs> I might have had too much coffee this morning. Wait, how much coffee have you had? Um. Well, I'm halfway through this large cold brew, and uh, I had two cups before that. Oh, I thought you just had one before. No, oh. no, two. Oh, so you're on like, oh. Wait, you got a cold brew too? I did. Did it 
I, oh. uh, mine's French vanilla, though. But still, but I finally, I finally converted you to the cold brew. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> way off track. Mm-hmm. Way off track. Which anyway. Like communication style. <laughs> anyway. Just off somewhere else. So creepers can now see into our lives and how we communicate with each other. Exactly. Moving along. Yeah. Um, Which leads us to marriage and communication within our relationship. You called our entire audience a bunch of creepers. (laughs) We love you. Please don't leave. (laughs) Well, creeper is not in a bad way, but in that you're kind of like looking in on our relationship. You know, I like to creep on, you know, in that kind of way, too. I like to see into other people's lives, you know. It's like pressing your face against a window. <laughs> okay, this is not getting less creepy. So, just digging that hole deep. deep <laughs> like, what the hell is happening? How? Oh, oh, it hurts. Okay. Okay, so marriage. Yeah. So, in our marriage, yeah. there's different things to communicate about. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, because we have to communicate on this, you know, level of dealing with uh, your transition because, um, you know, we couldn't just have a normal marriage because uh, <laughs> you <laughs> had There's to go. No and <laughs> There's no such thing as normal Fair marriage. enough. Anywho. I made things interesting. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean. And on- honestly, it, that. As far as it's all about communication. Yeah, as far and and as far as communicating um, things, that maybe maybe dealing with the baby is is up there. Maybe dealing with bills and finances and how stuff is up there. But like that's probably like the biggest thing that was a challenge as far as communicating because it was as open and honest as we are with each other. That was the hardest thing for me to actually open up about and talk to you about and um it was very much not easy to do Mm. but i think that going through this whole you know process has helped our communication it has um because i think before transition you know before you started transitioning we'd been married for what 10 years um yeah okay before before yeah before we started talking about it. Yes. We you knew what was going on a while before everybody else, so yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so for ten years. So we had this ten years of, you know, um comfort. Right. In our you know and you kind of start to take for granted <laughs> mm-hmm. that you know what's going on with the other person. Right. You don't need to talk about it because you know. You know that other person. You know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know how they're feeling and what's... And transition kind of turned all of that on its head and made it, you know, I really don't know. I don't know what's going on with you. Although, to be fair, I think we do communicate well enough that before I opened up and really expressed what was going on for a long time you were like something is wrong with yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, yes. I knew wrong. I knew something was not right, but I didn't know what. Uh, I knew that something was bothering, bothering you. Right. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that too. I'm like, let's clarify. Me being trans is not something wrong. <laughs> so, anyway, um, but so you kind of take for granted that you know, mm-hmm. you know, the person. You don't have to communicate, right? What's going on in your head, and and to be honest, that's where a lot of things fall apart. Get rocky, yeah. You know, because you assume that you know everything that's happening with somebody. That happens with a lot of marriages where people just right. get silent and. And it's, I think it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's normal to fall into that kind of complacency. Like I know this person. I know you know everything in our life is ordered and we know what is is what so we don't have to have a conversation every day about every you know like that's just what happens right in it's every just, marriage it becomes it's just a routine becomes a routine mm-hmm. and everything so transition kind of screwed that all up <laughs> and um and now we communicate which is good we don't always communicate well. True. Um, and, I mean, I think that in, in having to be honest about myself and be honest about what's going on with me and you having questions, me having to explain things, um, us figuring out how to deal with my transition together, us dealing with how to communicate to the rest of the world what is going on a with me being trans and b with um you not running for the hills like uh you were expected to do um i, I think it forces it, it has forced us to be um to work to be on the same page about things um in in a way that we hadn't before and in a way i think it's a little uncomfortable for both of us because even you know we have a good relationship and we you know do try to communicate but both of us are introverted people Mm -hmm. you wouldn't know it from the podcast but i i tell you on my behalf it's all because of coffee and alcohol (laughs) um i'm sorry you're holding alcohol on me (laughs) well well, when we were doing the podcast when we were recording the podcast at night it's a little early it's only we're recording at 10 30 a.m i have not broken out the beer yet um but when we record at four or five or six o'clock there's beer or wine with me um so that's true that's true i, forgot, I mean I maybe i okay i feel like i should put a disclaimer <laughs> here you shouldn't use substances to make it easier to communicate yes like i'm a boring horrible non-communicative person unless you ply me with drugs okay that's it, <laughs> that was poorly communicated <laughs> that's not what you meant right Anywho, no, but but we are both very introverted people mm-hmm. by nature, um, and we spend a lot of time, you know, inside our own heads. Um, so even communicating with each other is often a challenge. Um, even little stuff like managing the household, you know, mm-hmm. paying bills and, you know, talking about finance, which nobody likes to talk about mm-hmm. finance. Um chores you know things like that like we're in our own heads about i and some of it is a personality true 
style, you know, I'm in my own head because I'm constantly making lists and, you know, figuring things out and then giving myself panic attacks because I've made an insurmountable list that I haven't communicated to anybody else that I have to handle all on my own. And then panic ensues and then nothing gets done because all I end up doing is staring at the wall having, you know, hyperventilating. And meanwhile, I'm just blissfully unaware of what's going on and you're having like a panic attack and suddenly like you start freaking out. I'm like, whoa, what the hell is this? What happened? Right. Um, and it, for years, I didn't quite comprehend it until I understood a little bit more about how your brain works. Um, and, you know, now that I understand when you start getting like upset about like all the stuff around the house, I'm like, yeah, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. We can do this together. You don't have to take everything on yourself. It's going to be okay. Um, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. But also, like, my mode of communication when we do, like, sit down and deal with, like, household stuff mm -hmm. is very much not the way you would prefer to communicate. Because I communicate as a, you know, let's have a business meeting. Mm -hmm. I call this meeting to order. Let's talk about the bills. Let's talk about the chores. Let's talk about the, you know, schedule for the next week. And you're very much like a, I don't want to have a business meeting type of person. Well, you know, I don't mind having a business meeting if I know I'm going to have a business meeting. But, you know, if I'm... We have pop-up surprise business meetings. <laughs> it's like a pop quiz. It's, you know, if, you know, it's uh, 7.30 in the morning and I'm still trying to wake up. And and then, like, like you woke up. You're also a morning person. I am not a morning person. So, like, you, you wake up and then, like have like this I'm immediately off and running your insurmountable list ready to go it's like very detailed and I'm like what's going on who, who what is my name <sighs> which I mean well if you didn't change it all the time <laughs> maybe you'd know it yeah exactly Just, but yeah. I was going to say that but you beat Zing. me to it <laughs> the um it's the coffee yeah it's coffee but yeah I mean I, I was gonna make that joke but you Sometimes we think the same, which is actually kind of getting scary that we've been together so long that sometimes like one of us will say what the other one's thinking. But I mean, as far as um, I'm inside your head again, there you go being creepy. <laughs> but I mean, it, so it's I'm I'm more of a person that is inclined to deal with you know one thing at a time, um, and you know I just kind of look at the problem that's in front of me at the moment deal with that problem that I'm done and I move on um, I'm more the type of person that assumes everything is on fire and runs around screaming <laughs> no my my general state of being is panic I live in panic fair enough anxiety is a bitch but anyway um and, and and to that end I mean it's there's gonna be so much editing oh yeah all the time um I mean to that end it's you have to understand how the other person functions so that you can be supportive because when you start getting panicky you know i have to know okay what's going on why are you upset um and that takes time to learn for a long time like we really like didn't comprehend how the other one was functioning um which makes it difficult to provide emotional support exactly know? so i mean like you know when you're like panicking because you have a giant list of things you know I can be like, okay, calm down, come here, let me hug you, it's going to be okay, let's figure out how to work through this list together. Um, and, yes. and, and vice versa, I mean, you know, I think sometimes um, I can get a little, not lost in the weeds, but I can get like a little too focused on just one thing 
um, and then I don't necessarily. This is being recorded, you know. If you admit that now, be prepared to forever have it thrown in your face. But I'm the editor. I can delete whatever I want. Anyway. (laughs) Thanks again for listening to the show. If you like what you hear so far, subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, be sure to share with your friends and family so they can enjoy as well. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. So then you add into all of this chaos and communication styles and all of this a small human. Oh my god. who has their own communication style now. Yeah, and then opinions. Oh my god, our barely two-year-old has opinions. Yeah. She looks at me and says, I don't like this. Yeah, I don't I don't who, like that. Who who told her she could have opinions? But I, now, I so now she's communicating. Yeah, having, having a child is like um, having like a bomb dropped in the middle of your house. Um, it's... Just in the middle of your life, not even your house. True. Just like in the middle of your life, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's a glitter bomb, but <laughs> I mean, but then you have this whole thing where you have to communicate with them, and mm-hmm. set boundaries and all of that stuff, while they're communicating with you mm-hmm. about their likes and dislikes and opinions and all of that. And sometimes their likes include um, grabbing things which um, they shouldn't be eating and trying to consume them. Trying to kill themselves on and, a daily basis. And, like, you know, communicating that, um, no, that's bad, don't do that. Or, no, don't jump on that thing. Um, you will fall and hurt yourself. Um, makes you a horrible human being. Though, I think to be fair, I, I think we do a pretty good job of not panicking with a lot of things. Um, you know, when she falls down... We don't, like, we go, oh, my God, my baby's hurt. We're just like, boom, he fell down. And, and So she doesn't make a big deal of this. Yeah. Um, but it's it's difficult, especially when they're small and you can't necessarily explain things. I mean, you can try to explain things, but they don't necessarily, they can't conceptualize what you're talking about. It's difficult sometimes to set those boundaries um, in order to get them to behave um, to not um, harm themselves, <laughs> um, to do not th- harm anyone else, not harm anyone else. Um, yeah, but there's also this whole, and I think that comes with as they become a, you know, more logically thinking human. I know, I know, know, I know a lot of adults who are logically thinking humans, so we'll see where it goes. Yeah, but they weren't raised by us. Yes, exactly. But then you also have to, you know. When you have a small human, you have to communicate with your partner right. about what your expectations are mm-hmm. for your small human. How are you going to raise them? What values are you going to teach? How are you going to discipline? How, you know, um, things like that. And, and that, I think, is the number one place where you have to be on the same page. Um, with, with parenting, you, you have to kind of present a united front um, because if you don't, then your children will um, play you off of each other. You cannot cede power to the small, the small humans. You I mean, cannot. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. 
I was that child. <laughs> I, right. I, I, I very much was, um, which, I mean, that's why I know what to look for. But, um, you know, if you don't communicate, if you don't um, talk to each other and come to an understanding of where you need to be vis-a-vis your kids, then your kids um, can then turn around and, and and kind of put a wedge between the two of you if you aren't on the same page. Right. And you also have to think about when and where you're having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Because having the discussion about how you're going to do things with your child in front of your child is not necessarily the way to go about things either. Um, You have to have those discussions, you know, before you're dealing with the issue away, you know, from your child so that you can present a united front and they're not because... Okay, kids are smarter than we give them credit for. (laughs) So true. They see things, they hear things, they absorb things. So even things like, um, like your family's communication style. Mm -hmm. Our communication style has already been instilled in our child. She already knows how we communicate, how we don't communicate. Like all of those things, she's picked up those cues. And she's going to start to use them. Um, so you need to, before you have kids, when your kids are really, really small, you know, like still tiny little sleeping pukers, um, <laughs> uh, you need to have an understanding of, you know, what kind of things you want for your family and what kind of things you don't want for your family. Um, and have those honest conversations with your partner because once you have a small human, you have to implement those things right right away. You can't like I can't do it on the fly. <laughs> well, you can, but that's where problems come up. Right. Like if you and your partner are not communicating how to discipline your child, now you have a child. And you disagree on everything. Right. And you're like, I fundamentally don't understand where you're coming from on this. Like, and you have that fundamental difference in parenting styles. Like, you have a serious problem that might turn out to be something that's insurmountable. So you need to be on the, you know, same page or close or, or at least in the same chapter. You know, like, like, you don't like, and so you can get to the same page. Right. Um, or else like just chaos, like doom. I I, I do have to say though, that although, um, I am, uh, not happy that, um, she has opinions now and, and wants to, um, assert her, uh, her own ideas about things. Um, I, I do appreciate now that she is able to communicate to us and talk to us and express herself. Yeah, it makes, like, the guessing a lot, you know, easier. Because at least you can guess, you know, what the word yeah. she's trying to say is. Whereas before, it was just a lot of grunts. Yeah. And, Are you yeah. hungry? Are you sleepy? Did you shit yourself? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but okay, so, you know, talking to each other is really important. But we also have to acknowledge those nonverbal 
things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really bad with this. Shannon is a huffer. <laughs> I don't know if you know what that means, but... It doesn't mean I huff things. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what she means. But, no, like... I sigh a lot. Shannon's normal state of being is to all the time constantly to be going (sighs) and it's not that I'm like upset about something but I do it when I'm thinking I'm doing when I do it when I'm uh, bending down to pick something up I do it uh, I I, I do it a lot (laughs) all the time and my in in my brain I am hardwired partly because of the way my family communicates um, and some other things I am hardwired to believe that that is a signal of displeasure. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly going, what? What's the matter? What happened? What I do? What's like our dog, the Chihuahua? <laughs> um, which drives Shannon insane. <laughs> like nothing, everything's fine. Because I'm literally every five seconds, she is huffing and I'm going, what? What happened? Like, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. I was just deciding what kind of snack I wanted to have. Don't don't panic. It has nothing to do with you. At the same time, I have a tendency to do obnoxious things like roll my eyes. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't broken them yet. Like, you, you roll your eyes a lot. <laughs> um, and, well, look. <laughs> All I'm saying is that you gotta pay attention to the vibes that you're putting off, the non-verbal, oh my god, that guy with the freaking Corvette. <laughs> you got to you got to pay attention to the non-verbal communication that you do as much as the verbal communication because it's just as important and people around you will pick up on it. And if you're not saying what you mean, People will draw their own conclusions right. based on context clues, like you're rolling your eyes, you're huffing, <laughs> you're... You're not talking at all. You're not talking at all. You're you being know. too quiet. So, um, you know, nonverbal communication is <clears throat> as important, sometimes more important, than... The verbal communication, because I can say a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. But if I say, you know, oh, Shannon, I think you look great today while I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> like, you know. Like, liar. You know, um. <laughs> so, I mean, all of it is important and all of it has meaning. And, and to be fair, I think both of us have had situations where we are not wanting to communicate something or we're not ready to talk about something um but our nonverbal communication has um already started the conversation already started the conversation um and i think very much like you know when you're overwhelmed by something i can tell before you tell you say what's bothering you and sometimes you're <laughs> sometimes i'm a little annoying with something like what's bothering what's bothering you i know something's wrong and you're 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 like leave me alone nothing's wrong and then you're like I'm so overwhelmed <laughs> but and and the same thing you know we were talking you know a couple minutes ago about the um 
you know, you knew something was wrong with me before I opened up about being trans, that... There's nothing wrong with you. There was something bothering me <laughs> before I, I opened up about being trans. Yes. Um, and you, you kept asking me, what's the matter? What's going on? You're acting different. Um, and, and you were able to, to, to pick up on that before I even really was able to wrap my head around it. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we were talking before about um, families can be passive aggressive. It's it's one of those things where, you know, if you are not communicating verbally, um, sometimes your nonverbal communication can come across, you know, as being passive aggressive. Sometimes if you are communicating verbally, um, the same thing. Yeah, you know, and and this goes along with the disclaimer that I said at the beginning, you know, we are not perfect. We do not always do everything the right way, you know. There are and and communication has pitfalls, you know. You fall into old habits, you you know, everybody does terrible stuff to people even when they love them because you're not paying attention. And one of the things that I have learned in therapy um, and just in, you know, life with Shannon is that um, you have to pay attention. Right. So, you know, am I passive aggressive? Often. Because it's a habit that I have and when I'm not paying attention and when I'm in my own head things come out the wrong way or don't come out at all or and yes it happens um the other thing that you know I think that I'm famous for because of a lot because of my anxiety is not saying anything and not saying anything and not saying anything and letting things build up and build up and build up and then at some point boom yeah um I I explode and then I assume that I think the first thing that's always out of my mouth is, like, you should have figured this out. <laughs> like, uh, some form of that. It's yeah. like, well, clearly I'm overwhelmed and everything, like, everything is going wrong and, like, life is horrible. And, and, so, and sometimes I pick up on those things beforehand. Sometimes I don't. Um, sometimes I pick up on them and then you don't, you're not ready to talk about them right. until you are and you blow <laughs> Right. And you can't always be focused on what the other person is you know dealing with sometimes you're focused on what you're dealing Mm -hmm. with um but so i have a a strong tendency to do that or um you do these little things because things are building up and building up Mm -hmm. and building up and building up you know you let out i let out these little bursts of anger or nastiness or stuff as a release valve so that I don't explode. And it's just as terrible as an explosion. Like, yeah, and you're you're not you're not alone in that. I mean I do the same thing too. Um and like I said, being recorded for posterity. As well, much as you edit, I'll still have the raw version. You know, and well I mean and I think everybody has points where they're not communicating that something is bothering them. And so then when they find something that's very obvious to be bothered about, they'll f- funnel all of their frustration about everything else 
into, into that, that little thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, I think I usually wind up doing it about, like, stuff around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it, it's... And then that, that can lead to, like, a kind of, you know, not even a cold war, but just, like, a, you know, a one-upping each other and, like, a tit-for-tat where, like, mm-hmm. I'm being shitty about one thing, so then, fine, well, I'm going to be nasty about this, too. And then right. it, it just right. it starts feeds with, itself. It starts with, you know, finding something petty mm-hmm. to be nasty about or just being unintentionally hurtful because you have a bug up your ass about something. Um... And then, well, if you're going to be like that, then I'm going to be like that. Then I'm, and then you know, at some point, it's going to lead to an explosion. Mutually assured destruction. Yes. Yes. Um, except not really destruction, just you know, ugliness. Yes. And everybody does it. It's human nature when somebody goes at you, whether they're supposed to or whether they whether they're justified in it or not. When somebody goes at you to get defensive, Mm -hmm. um, that's just, you know, fight or flight and tell you that fight when, especially when it's verbal and there's no like real like danger that you're going to get like knocked on your ass, you know, fight is the way that everybody goes, you know? Yeah. Um, Um, so I mean, communication is not easy. No. Um, and I think the the one thing that I have learned, and I saw, I keep I keep finding timely things on Facebook for some reason. Like I'm thinking about this, and we're working on a podcast about it, and then something pops up in my timeline. Get out of my head. Um, um, but I saw a a cartoon the other day, you know, about effective communication and 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 conversation is having a conversation is supposed to be about learning not about winning right you're not supposed to be talking to somebody in order to win the conversation you're supposed to be talking to them in order to educate them and educate them in how you feel and learn how they feel (laughs) and then come to a you know mutual conclusion like it's not about I won that conversation. Yeah, I mean, if especially, like, when you're having an argument or disagreement of some kind, you have to... You have to actually listen to what the other person's saying. Most people listen to respond, not to understand. And if you're not actively listening to what somebody is communicating to you, it's going to be very difficult to come to some resolution when you have a disagreement. Right. Right, you have to you have to take the time and and actively listening mm-hmm. um, means verifying your understanding as well. Yeah. So if somebody says, you know, this thing made me feel like crap, like you need to take the time to acknowledge that they're having a feeling and let them know that you hear that before then, you know, responding that you didn't mean to make them feel that way. Mm-hmm. You have to acknowledge what is being said right. before you move on to the next and, and that's thing. And that's something it, which is hard to do. You have to be very purposeful about doing that and how you're communicating your understanding back to someone. Right. And um, very, very, pa- you have to be patient, you know, 
instead of, you know, getting in there to get your next point right. out there. You have to be very patient and say, okay, stop, go back. This is what you're saying. Continue forward. Yeah, because it's, it's very, especially if, like, you didn't mean to upset somebody, it's very easy to to say, well, that's not what I meant. I didn't do that. And, 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 it, come and it can come across as negating their feelings rather than communicating that I understand you're upset, but I did not mean to do that. Right. Um, and. I understand you're upset and I did not mean to do that. Right. Right. Um, and especially if you, you don't acknowledge that I understand the understanding standing first of all um if you then move on to your next point then they're like you don't care about me at all um and, and and so it's it's you have to be very purposeful in dealing with people when you're having a disagreement right and you have to take time to to be intentional you have to even when you're having a reaction to something that somebody says maybe somebody has said something to you that is really screwed up. And like your first response is to be like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. You have to stop and take the time to assess what, what is being said. Did they mean it that way mm -hmm. before you react? Um, and it's not an easy thing to do. I don't do it. I'm supposed to do it. Um, I I don't always do it because it's human nature to just react. Um, when, when you're having an emotion, but it's you difficult to, to overcome that. But it's something that I need to work on that, that effective communication requires um, that moment of stopping and thinking and making sure you're being very intentional mm -hmm. in your communication in your reaction in your um and and in your if you're the initiator if you're not reacting to something somebody else said if you're saying something and you're the first one talking make sure that you're being intentional about what you're trying to say right. make sure that you're not just saying something offhand make sure that you're thinking about right. how is this going to come across how is this going to be received is there a different way that I need to, to frame this, you know, so that it's received the way I want it to be received? Right. And so um, communication is work. It is. You know, and it's, it's a continual learning experience. Effective communication is a continual learning experience. Um, and, you know, sometimes you think you have it down and you know exactly what you're trying to do and it lands like a lead balloon and then you have to reassess you know okay where did i go wrong and and um and i think it's a it's a commitment true you have to make a commitment to try to be a better communicator a more effective communicator to be a communicator at all in some cases because some people like communicating anything is a difficult step you know, um, but it's important for any relationship, for a marriage, for a work relationship, for a friendship, for a uh, parent-child relationship, for your relationship with yourself. Yes, absolutely. Facebook. Mm -hmm. My gosh. Another meme that I saw, you know, 
one of my friends posted uh, that to assess how your what your inner dialogue is. Oh yeah, you know, and if you're if you imagine somebody speaking to you the way you speak to yourself in your head, and that person ends up knocked on their ass, you need to reassess what you're doing to yourself. Exactly. You know, so communicating effectively in your own head is important too. And it, it's all, all of this. It takes practice. It takes time to learn. It's, um, it's not something that happens overnight, but you have to um, just be mindful and really think about, you know, how, how you want to deal with other people and how what you do and what you say is going to affect the relationships that you have. Yeah. And you know what? Communication goes back to the good old golden rule. Mm -hmm. You know? Do you want somebody to talk to you like that? No. no. Then don't be like that to other people. Exactly. Like, it, it can be pretty simple, but the implementation of that idea, not always so simple. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we'll put some um, resources that maybe we've found um, in the show notes. You know, it's something that we should all always be working to improve, you know. Okay. We have to find some, some resources because I'm really bad about remembering to do I that have a couple. Okay, good. I'll make sure she does it. Yeah. Yeah, I was re I was listening back at our podcast from last week. I was like, oh shit, I didn't put it in the show notes. I said I would, and it didn't. So I'll have to go back and fix it. But anyway. But effective communication would have fixed that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. So anyway, anyway, this has been Communication 101. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now go out there and I, be, in so be somebody. I, I, I hope you've got something out of it. If you have resources that you want to share or um want to share a story about you know your communication style or you know something that you've learned you know please put it in the comments contact us you know we welcome you know communication with you guys um hello hi i'm still here i was looking something up I, I just wanted to communicate one thing, yes. which we don't necessarily do this for everybody, but um, we are really bad about um, checking our Patreon and um, and communicating back with you guys. And I just want to say, um, Melissa McDougal, thank you for being our first patron. Yay! Yeah. And uh, we're so excited. We'll probably we'll, we'll reach out to her um, a little more personally, but. But thank you. Um, and, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. Okay. So, I am Rachel. And I'm Shannon. And thank you for listening. Exactly. Uh, we'll, I was going to say see you next time, but there's this whole thing about you guys don't see us. Yeah. We don't see you. If you're pressing your face against their window, maybe they might see you creeping outside their house. <laughs> <laughs> We've established this is what you do in your off time. But, um. It's not what I effective communication <laughs> I need to be a little more intentional with what I'm saying I am not a stalker I'm not stalking any of you it's 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 okay listen just
it's okay. Everything's fine. All right. So we'll uh we'll uh we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for listening to Our Life in Transition. This show is hosted by Rachel and Shannon McDill. Our producer and editor is Shannon McDill. Theme music is Seize the Day by Jens Kilsoft. Check him out at jens.kilsoft.net. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash olitpod. That's forward slash O-L-I-T-P-O-D. Your support makes this show possible. Thank you.